0: It's La Piedra Day as Luis Castillo takes the mound for what might be one of his last starts as a member of the Cincinnati Reds. Nick Craw is selling off parts that the team should have been using all along. And Jeff and I look to recover some of our over-under money and help you do the same. All that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go.
1: You are locked on Reds daily cincinnati reds podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day you are locked on reds with myself jeff gar and my co-host steven offenbaker we are lifelong reds fans that have been podcasting about this team going on to our fourth season and we've turned an addiction from a lifelong fandom into information for you on today's podcast that is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Thanks again for making us your first listen. Uh, We are going to talk about some prop bips that may actually provide you some value in tonight's Reds-Cubs game. But we are first going to start with the most recent iterance love here today because there's not going to be a whole lot more of these Steve I, I think we are talking about a period of time of transition by the way wanted to let you know that today's podcast episode is brought to you by rock auto they have amazing selection at a reliably low prices check out rockauto.com and let them know that locked on sent you uh, when we look at Luis Castillo though uh, he has been decent these last three games, uh, I, I think that you're looking at a dude that is padding his resume and getting ready to get sent away. What do you think, Steve?
0: Well, yeah, I, I think that's true. Let's let's just look at his last three starts because uh, he can, has continued to to be. Not bad, not overwhelmingly good either, but a decent major league starter in those three starts. And, you know, I think really what we're looking at now, Jeff, is this is the beginning of, you know, hashtag hug watch 2022 season. And I think that's what we will call this. Uh, Looking at his last three starts, he's averaged six innings pitched in his last three. He's averaging striking out five guys a game, and he's averaging giving up just two walks in those three games. Uh, He's also averaging... Uh, And allowing 2.6 earned runs in those last three games as well. And on the season, of course, you know, you look at his numbers, he's sitting at uh, 3.71 ERA with a 3.46 FIP, which I know you wanted to talk about. And he's been good for 1.2 in war so far this season.
1: Yeah, I think that he has really not been helped at all by this just absolutely porous Reds defense. And especially in his last start, I remember seeing him pitch well. He was grooving, he was moving, and it looked like he was going to be rolling through that start. And then his defense just stopped picking balls. They stopped getting to the plays that you thought they were going to be able to make. And it's not that they were making a ton of errors, because obviously the runs still counted as earned. What was happening was they were just out of the reach of a ball. Or they got to a ball, it creams off their glove, and the official scorer says, oh, look at that, it was a hard-hit ball, it was going to be a base hit anyway, so we're not going to give an error to this Reds team. I kind of think, and this is why when you're looking at defensive statistics for baseball, It's very hard to judge because the error stat is super subjective. Like if they're on the road, maybe that is an error. Maybe that is something that counts against the reds and he doesn't get an run counts against, counted against his ledger, but they're at great American. And so they're going to try and make things look a little bit like they're going to try and keep that E column down because we know that that E column hasn't been clean for a long time this year for this reds team. honestly, I almost consider a game that they keep the E column clean as good as a win at this point, because they just don't do it (laughs) pretty much. Yeah. I just, I look at that and I say, Luis Castillo is a very, very good pitcher. There's a reason that he's
0: considered the top pitching uh, trade chip available. Let's take a second and dial in on that FIP number. Uh, You and I were talking about this off air and I think it's, you know, it's one of those things I've talked to, to both Chris Welsh and, and John Sadak about this at length as to which of the quote-unquote new stats do you like to use? Which ones do you not like to use? Should you explain them all the time when you're coming at it from a broadcasting standpoint? And they both uh, have talked how, you know, they like to work in some of the new stuff, but they also like to take just a second and explain what it means because you can't assume that everybody knows. So talk about FIP for a minute and specifically what that number with Luis Castillo tells us versus his ERA.
1: So FIP takes out... The defensive variable that ERA counts like it takes out hits. It's something that they look at when strike strikeouts walks homers allowed things that a pitcher can control and, and it tries to equate better. Exactly what Luis Castillo can do, because I think when you look at the number, it's a little bit lower. And in some cases, you can point at pitchers whose uh, FIP is a lot lower than their ERA. So his maybe says that he's not getting super unlucky, but he's still getting unlucky because when the FIP is lower than the ERA, that means that he himself is controlling what he can control pretty well. And his defense is hurting him which in this case is what happened with Castillo. I think there's a lot of cases where you can look at FIP and then especially XFIP because XFIP is more of a predictive stat because it also factors in the homer to fly ball ratio, which yes, your eyes are glazing over as I explain this, but this is where we look at different things and say, this is how a pitcher is getting unlucky.
0: You know, I think that's a pretty good explanation, Jeff. And, and these are the type of stats you know, I, I hear the arguments from people that talk about, well, you're inventing new stats, and it's really not inventing anything new. It's just choosing what data sets you look to compile together to, to figure out how it best paints a picture. And in the absence of a metric that can tell me about defense, and I agree with you, uh, outside of the good old eye test, there is really not a lot out there that will, will help you pick out a defensive ranking Uh, I think this is a good option to use in figuring out if a defense is letting a guy down or not. Uh, So that's kind of why I wanted to include it today. Now, looking at Luis Castillo, he's going to start today. Uh, I imagine we get at least one more out of him realistically before the trade talks really, really heat up. I wonder, and I'm going to ask you to speculate just a little bit right now. I wonder how that impacts Luis Castillo. Because he has to know he's number one on the trade list. He has to know that he's probably the guy that every GM calling Nick Krawl is asking about first. Do you think that will motivate him? Do you think he's going to treat this as an audition or do you think that it could disrupt what he normally does?
1: I don't think it's going to be a disruption. I, I think it'll kind of motivate him a little bit because you're talking about a dude who for years now, has deserved a contract extension he has deserved the reds coming to him and saying we would like to keep you around a little bit longer and pay you more than you're going to be making in this arbitration process and also buy out one or two of your free agent years that didn't happen now maybe it did happen behind the scenes and we just didn't hear about reports because maybe really nothing materialized but then also you know Luis castillo didn't feel disgruntled by it or anything like that And it could also be that Luis Castillo has always wanted to test the open market, and they just haven't reported that either. Because Luis Castillo, ever since he has come up with the Reds, has been nothing short of a model player. When you're talking about what he is off the field, what he is with his teammates in the clubhouse, we're not talking about a dude that is self-centered. We're not talking about a dude that's going to cause problems. We're talking about a very good ball player who keeps to himself. So I look at this, and I think that this kind of motivates them if not slightly it definitely doesn't motivate him like chasing a pennant or trying to get into the playoffs or helping his team win a ball game because yeah there's a little bit of that feeling but honestly when you're at the position that the reds are in like baseball reference and i know that this updates daily but baseball reference always has the percentage chance to make the playoffs it's now less than one percent for the reds not as if we needed to know somebody to tell us that
0: but it's not zero
1: it's not, yeah. So you're saying there's a chance? Uh, it's, yeah, it's not zero. Oh, but I, I think even the players know where the day in and day out wins and losses of this team now no longer matter. It's more about the future. And Luis Castillo sees the writing on the wall that he's much more valuable as a trade ship than he is staying. Here in Cincinnati. So he wants to audition. There's reports of the Yankees being interested. There's reports of the Mets having interest in Tyler Malley, which I don't know why you would have interest in Tyler Malley and not Luis Castillo. So I'm sure the Mets are looking. The Dodgers, the you know, the Blue Jays, the Twins, everybody is interested in this dude. And, and honestly, I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. I'll say it until somebody trades for him. If you're a general manager and you're not interested in Luis Castillo, you should be fired. It, it, it's, he is an amazing pitcher. So I think this motivates him to pitch just a little bit better because, I mean, I want this dude to get a ring.
0: I think, I think that's where I come at it from, too. I don't want to see him gone, just like I didn't want to see Johnny Coito gone uh, right, when right. when that day came around but at the end of the day you have to recognize that this ownership group is not going to pony up the money that it is going to take to keep luis castillo here therefore nick crawl has an obligation if he has any sense at all uh, he's going to trade luis castillo soon and, and we're looking at uh one of Castillo's last few starts as a red. So I think the big takeaway, Jeff is that we should just enjoy every pitch that he has left in a Cincinnati reds uniform. Uh, the, the reds, reds f- front office has any sense at I all. Know I know it, Jeff. A
1: feeling we're going to cover something about that
0: here. We are because the front office is doing things that don't make any sense. Uh, and we're going to talk about that coming up, but you know what else doesn't make any sense, Jeff, that's a getting jewelry anywhere, but blue Nile.com. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with a modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. You can build the engagement ring of her dreams. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring will be one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry to celebrate a special moment, but having trouble choosing blue Nile can help. They have jewelry experts on hand 24 seven. They're available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from blue And for locked on reds listeners, you're going to get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. So at checkout, use the promo code locked on that code again is locked on. Plus, uh, with your order, it's going to be insured when it ships to you. It's going to ship for free and it's going to arrive in discreet packaging that's not going to give away the surprise. Uh, You know, everybody's always on the lookout for that Amazon box or that uh, that delivery to kind of see what you bought online. And this is not going to give away your purchase. Uh, You can shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles on the road, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts you need. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, questioning from a salesman like, uh, is your Odyssey the LX or the EX edition? Uh, what type of motor is in it? How many cylinders? You know, how much, uh, how much horsepower does your car have? Uh, what trim package did you order? The list goes on and on and on. Uh, And then you wait while the person behind the counter punches some things into the computer, uh, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to have in stock. Uh, You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home right now and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30 to 50 to even 100% more on the same parts at your local chain store or car dealership when you can order them for a big discount at rockauto.com? They have everything you need to keep your car running smooth. They have brake parts. They have tail lamps. They have motor oil. They even have new carpet if you want to redo the interior. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck. Uh, After you do that, when you're checking out, make sure that you write locked on in their how did you hear about us? section so that they know your pals, Jeff and Steve from Locked on Red sent you to them. They have amazing selection. It's reliably low priced and they have all the parts for your car that you will ever need at rockauto.com. Thank you for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Make sure you are following the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Coming up tomorrow, Jeff and I will review Luis Castillo's start at Wrigley Field, and we will get you set for Green Day. And I don't mean the band. All right, Jeff. the uh, band, Steve. Listen, we're not talking about music right now. This is not going to become your Bad Music Takes podcast. I will not stand for it.
1: Just seeing how mad of a face I can make there. I Uh, love green. I'm just kidding. Oh my god! Uh, No, it's a good band. Uh, And Hunter Green is very good.
0: Hunter Green is very good, also. Uh, But we're not talking about Hunter Green till tomorrow, Jeff. I do want to continue to dig into what we teased in the last segment, which is. the sense of the front office, you know, we talked in the off season and even a little bit into the season that we really couldn't fairly evaluate Nick Crawl because we believed that almost all of what had gone on was meddling from the ownership group was Phil Castellini uh, delivering marching orders. And, you know, Nick Crawl wanted to keep his job. I'm sure that he has, you know, family to feed and bills to pay. And, you know, he did what he was told. Uh, that being said. As we've moved further into this season, there are things that have occurred that I do believe are within his control, and he has truly missed the mark, whether it's in his public speaking appearances, how he's handled interactions with players, and and how he has constructed this roster all seem to have missed the mark, and I want to start there because the Reds made a trade today sending veteran catcher that was stashed in the minor league, Sandy Leon, to the Cleveland Guardians for cash. And Cleveland has immediately put Leon in the starting lineup because they have a need. So two weeks ago, I said right here on this show, Jeff, that they should bring up Sandy Leon. They should use him when Armis Garcia can't go. And they should have that veteran catcher experience. Even if he didn't hit, it didn't matter because the the other options weren't going to hit either. They needed somebody that was a veteran that could handle the the pitching staff and could contribute when they were forced into the lineup. Uh, Apparently, Nick Kroll didn't agree with me because Leon has been just squandering, wasting away at minor league level. So now we see that he does actually have some value and he brought some money to Bob Castellini's bank account. And now he's starting in the major leagues for the Cleveland Guardians. And this is just another in a long line of examples of how this front office has missed the mark on at least keeping this team competitive during all this massive run of injuries.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're sitting there and you're looking like, okay, Sandy Leone, guys, are we really worried about Sandy Leone in a vacuum? This move is whatever. Like, I mean, Sandy Leone's career, he has been a replacement level catcher here's the thing of it though this is another point in a long string of points about little things that nick crawl misses on it's it's things that this front office lets go sure they've hit on some waiver claims but let's be honest with you those waiver claims are more just you know kind of throwing a dart at the board and hoping it sticks sometimes they stick sandy leone was here Sandy Leon was on the roster and they went and they pulled up Chris O'Kee and Chris O'Kee just looks overmatched every time i watch that do catch. Now he's gotten better at blocking the pitch in the dirt, but he looks overmatched at the plate. He just, he is in automatic out when he hits and... I don't necessarily know that there's much to him on the defensive side of the ball so I wonder why on earth Sandy Leone was never called upon this is a situation where the Reds needed a veteran presence you have a pitching staff full of young guys whether you're looking at the starting rotation with Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft or the bullpen which is built on rookies that need a veteran dude behind the plate to help them through so when you've got a guy like Chris O'Kee who's just trying to find his major league legs and failing to do So that only compounds the problem with the pitching staff. So this is a situation where I don't look at it as the reason that I think that Nick Kroll just doesn't seem like a good general manager. I look at it as another point on the list of things as to why
0: he's not a good general manager. And and here's why all that matters, Jeff. Uh, We are heading into, again, we're going to call this Hug Watch 2022. Um, There are some significant, highly valued players that the Reds need to flip during this period of trading before the deadline. Uh, This is an opportunity to really get this team positioned to be the team we think it can be in 2024. Uh, They have to get this right. And these type of decisions, these little decisions that in the grand scheme of things seemingly may not matter. Make me question Nick Craw's ability to get this right and to trade away these guys. You know, we're looking at a list right now. There are, there are some guys that could bring a decent return. We know that Luis Castillo should bring in a haul. We know that Tyler Malley should bring in a very good return. And then you've got guys like Tommy Pham and Brandon Drury and Matt Reynolds who all could bring you value in finding the right deal. And I really am worried that Nick Craw can get that right. Yeah, because we
1: have hammered home the point that back in 2015, when they finally started to rebuild, they waited too long to rebuild in the first place, they failed. They, they did not make good trades, they did not make good draft picks, and they really set themselves back to a point now where they're basically rebuilding to rebuild the rebuild. And now we're looking at basically the same people. They've done a better job of setting up their scouting department and their minor league organization, But you're still talking about the main culprits at the top. I mean, Walt Jockety still helping make decisions for this team. He was a big proponent or a big part of the decision-making back then. And now we are looking at the same team of decision-makers that are going to fix the problem that they created. And I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in that. And it's because of these small decisions that are also compounded with the large decisions that they miss. Like if a team misses on a big trade... You can talk about some stuff. Like, I mean, people hammer the Pirates for making that Chris Archer trade because that basically helped build the Rays into what they are now. But you look at them now, they've righted the ship. They figured out some stuff because they hit on a bunch of smaller things. The Cubs, are you telling me that Christopher Morel was a really celebrated draft pick or really anybody cared when he got called up? But he's a pretty solid player, and we're going to see a lot of him in these next three games where we're going to be like, this dude... Even though his name sounds, you know, Morel Mushrooms and stuff like that, you just think it make you hungry, want some mushroom pizza, but you're going to be looking at a good baseball player. It's things like this that the Reds miss and are in the position that they are in where we keep saying, well, if they spent more money, they'd be better because they have to throw money at the problem because their development
0: didn't get them to the place they need to be. You know, you just hit on a great point, and I forget this, and I think a lot of us forget this, that guys like Walt Jockety are still around influencing the decisions that are going to be made. We've talked about the fact that we believe that Phil Castellini has really become the day-to-day guy, that Bob's not making very many decisions anymore. Uh, And we know... Because he said he did it. He has, Bob Castellini, that is, has meddled in the past on trades. Uh, the Reds could have traded Billy Hamilton back in the day and gotten at least something for him. And Bob Castellini vetoed that trade. The Reds are in a position, again, to trade guys that are popular right now, uh, like Brandon Drury, and get a little bit of a return. And I just hope that the powers that be stay out of the way and let Nick crawl do his thing, and we can give him a fair evaluation. That's really going to be the test who at the end of all this is going to be the guy calling the shots on trade deadline day.
1: Because don't get me wrong, they have set up a very nice support system, whether you're talking about the scouting department, the player development department, you know, you've got Derek Johnson on the pitching side of things. Everybody is working in, you know, unison. Underneath the general manager, it is who is above the general manager who is going to be feeding information and feeding directions really to Nick crawl that has me worried. And I think that if he listens to the right group of people and if those higher up let him do his thing, I think we've got a shot to fix this. But it's going to be interesting how that all plays out because these big the Reds have to hit. I mean, it's it's impossible for them to hit a thousand on all these trades, but they got to hit at least on, you know, three of them. I would think the three of these trades got to be dudes that come back and really produce. And that's, you know, on top of the Mariners.
0: Well, and it's it's got to be the it's and it's really they have to hit on Castillo and Mali. The rest of the guys are, are trades you can look at and will be the kind of the fun ones to see. Did they win it? Did they lose it? How did they do? What's the rankings? Those kind of things. Castillo and Mali, those big arms, those are the two players that are going to bring you the most back. You have to get those two right. Uh, the the hitters, you know, I mean, let's face it, Reynolds, Drury, Fam, all of those guys weren't we weren't really expecting anything from them. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all been icing on a very badly made cake. So we just have to, to hope that they get something back for them. Uh, so for me, you know, I think that uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to just really see how this plays out.
1: Yeah. Cause it's going to be different. The, these next couple of weeks are going to be chock full of trade rumors. Trade reports, things happening, the Reds are going to be moving on from some people, so long as Nick Crawl can work with his team and get this right. It's just, it's the people above him that we're a little bit worried about, and those people are making me leery of betting on the reds turning this around but i tell you what if you want some good info for your next bet check out BetOnline.net. BetOnline bet online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info you can find all the latest sports developments from the current major league baseball season as we see a lot of movement toward a subway series and the world series i don't know i mean you got the mets and yankees on top of their respective leagues right now will that change most likely but I know that Bet Online is going to have you covered all season long. Plus, you've got NFL futures as we near training camp. You've got the NBA offseason that's going to be chock full of drama. Bet Online is going to be on top of that. Plus, can't wait for Bengals season as well. day, baby. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And plus, on top of the great off-season stuff and the in-season stuff for major league baseball you've got uh combat sports like boxing and the ufc which has an amazing fight card coming up this saturday with two title fights bet online it's going to be all over that because bet online is where the game starts and you know uh, i want to jump into some prop bets and stuff like that before we do that real quick make sure that you're following us on twitter you can follow me at jeff Carr with three f's you can follow steve at s Offenbaker with two f's and you can follow the show at locked on reds and speaking of bet online you know steve um we're losing that season win total not even close (laughs) they're not they're not winning more than 73 and a half games i really wanted to believe that and i really wanted that i really wanted that hope to last longer than it has because i feel like it was like three days ago that i said that they would win 74 games and i'm firmly in the camp that they're not going to do that so let's look at some value With individual performances because that's how we're going to kind of make back that money that we're about to lose and we can start with tonight's game the Cubs and the Reds because there's a lot of interesting props in this one and I kind of want to explain this a little bit because tonight the over under strikeouts for Luis Castillo. Are currently set at five and a half now that's been the over under for his strikeout total for his last three starts i've not seen it been above that i've not seen it been below that and i've taken the over in the last three starts and i've hit it because he's pitched pretty well however tonight bet online knows that because they have the odds on the over the vig if you will, is minus 143. So that's not going to provide you a lot of value. Now, real quickly, the VIG is what the house takes, even in a winning bet. So if Castillo throws six or more Ks and you take the over, you win the bet. But if you put 10 bucks on it, you'd only get seven bucks back for winning. So here's a trick for you, because I think he's going to do this. And I know that we talked about this off air that Luis Castillo hasn't had this kind of a strikeout total in a while. But if Luis Castillo gets seven or more strikeouts, Because you can go down a little bit on the props list and you can say strikeouts at least. And if you select seven, the VIG is plus 104, which means if you put 10 bucks on that, you get $10.40 back on a winning bet. I think he's going to get the seven strikeouts and I think you can get some value on that.
0: So normally, if you say do it, I go the other direction. However, <laughs> I I did look at this, too, as we talked about it, and I did put ten dollars on this one because uh, not only do I believe that Luis Castillo is going to be uh, working hard to pitch himself onto a contender and get into the playoffs. I also believe that the Chicago Cubs are a little bit hack happy. They like to swing the bats. So as long as Luis's changeup is working, I don't think that seven strikeouts is an unrighteous Realistic total in this game. I think that that is very obtainable. And so I went in on that one.
1: And the good news is it's seven or more. So if he gets eight, if he gets nine, you still win that bet. And I think it's a good prop bet to take over at Bet Online. There's another one. And this one's a lot of fun because you can bet on a guy to hit a home run, at least one home run or more. If you want to get really ballsy and bet on a multi homer game, you know, more power to you. I'm not going to do that. But at least one home run. Bet online has the shortest odds on three different Reds. In fact, the the best chance to hit a home run in this game comes from the Reds lineup. At least per Bet Online, they have Joey Votto, Brandon Drury, and Tommy Pham at plus two fifty each one. You know each one to hit a home run. I don't necessarily think that's where the value though is, Steve.
0: Where is the value, Jeff? Tell us about it.
1: The values with a Red and a Cub. Nick Senzel is at plus 500. You said this, and you know, I got to hand it to you because I was kind of giving him some crap a week ago and saying that he needs to pick it up because I don't think he's in the future plans. And we've been talking about, okay, well, he's looking hot now. Maybe the Reds should trade him. I don't know what that looks like. But he's been stinging the ball. And this could be the opportunity for him to hit one over the Ivy and get a long ball. And if you take the bet on Nixon Zell to hit a home run, it's plus 500. That means if you bet 10, you're going to win 50, you're going to net $50. Whenever he hits that home run,
0: you know, having watched him in person the last couple days, Uh, he is playing well he looks good he looks comfortable and and he was making great contact Uh, you know again on sunday in san francisco he went three for three with a walk he was on base four times Uh, i do think he's got a little bit of a breakout coming and wrigley is a great place to do it especially if the wind is cooperating there at wrigley field so you know what would normally be fly outs are 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 big flies so let's let's think that that's probably a, a decent one to throw a couple bucks at as well, because I do believe that Nick Zell is going to continue to be hot.
1: There's one guy and, and I don't advocate ever for betting against the Reds, but this isn't really a bet against the Reds. This is a smart bet, I would think. Now, it's not great American ballpark. I know that he is an absolute Hall of Famer there, but Ian Happ to hit a home run is plus 450. Are you kidding me? Like Ian Happ rolls out of bed and hits homers against the reds. Like he doesn't really need to try that much. I think I'd put a couple bucks on that plus four fifty. I mean, that'll let you $45. If you put $10 on Ian Happ to hit a homer, that almost seems intuitive.
0: Oh, I just can't do it, Jeff. You're absolutely right. Your, your logic is sound. I just, I cannot, (laughs) I can't, I can't. And then I went ahead and took one that, um, that you didn't put on your list just because I'm feeling a little, um, you know, I'm feeling a little, um, a little bit of faith towards what Luis Castillo is going to do today and how the hitters looked. Having maybe it's just because I watched them the last couple of days and just am feeling all, feeling all positive. I don't know. I took them on the money line. The Reds are underdogs in Chicago with Luis Castillo on the mound, and I will not stand for it. I took them on the money line. I threw ten at it. It's going to pay out. Uh, I think it was twenty. It's going to double your money. So why not? Yeah,
1: and well, that's that's twenty total. So you know, if you bet ten, you'll make a little bit over ten on the net, and then you'll you'll get twenty back. Um, When it comes to that over, I I think I'd be. I think would be jumping on that, too. Honestly, Keegan Thompson, you know, you look at his numbers. He's had a nice year, but he's a dude that was a reliever turned starter. And this is probably something that I don't know if it's sustainable. The Cubs fans really aren't sure what they think about him, like what where he factors in the future of this Cubs team. But I know this he's pitched against the Reds four times as a relief pitcher, a total of three innings. He's not allowed to run, but he's allowed four hits and two walks in those three innings. Innings. So I think that the Reds have a shot and he's a righty. We're not talking about a, you know, crazy lefty. That's just going to do <laughs> something crazy against this lineup. We're talking about a right-handed pitcher here. I, I think that's an interesting one. And one other quick one too, before we go, this one's a funny one. The first inning, there is a, um, it, it almost seems like a given to me. The total hits, runs, and errors. You put them all together in the first inning, the over-under is two and a half. I think this is a game that we're going to see some runs scored, and I think it's weird that the over-under is kind of small on this, but I'm not going to touch that. I'll say this. I think that this is an easy bet for me. I take the over on that, which the VIG is minus 113, so you're not going to get exactly 10 bucks back if you bet $10. But over-under 2.5, you're talking about a Reds defense that is porous. You're talking about a couple of pitchers that if Luis Castillo is off, the first inning is when he is off. And Keegan Thompson, uh, I think that the Reds can hit this guy. So hits, runs, errors over two and a half first inning. I'm taking that. I'm taking Nixon Zell to hit a homer. I'm taking Ian Happ to hit a homer, and I'm taking Luis Castillo to strike out seven or more Cubs. And I'm following you, money line baby. Let's go. Let's see if we can recoup that what now seems like a bad bet. Oh yeah, for the Reds to win
0: 74 games or more. Well, clearly there's game by game value with the Reds uh, if you just know where to look. And we're going to continue to look for it for the rest of the way because we are going to get our money back for sure. I think that's probably a great spot to wrap it up for today, Jeff. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Coming up on the next podcast, we will continue to break down the series between the Reds and the Cubs and review how Luis Castillo did on the mound today and get you ready for some Hunter Green. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Now make Locked on MLB Prospects your second listen. Lindsey Crosby gives you a daily look at the stars of tomorrow and has the upcoming MLB draft covered from all angles. The Locked on MLB Prospects is just like Locked on Reds, free and available where you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Jeff, we're in the Windy City. We've got a three-game set, and we've got some great pitching on the mound. Uh, What can the people count on from us during the rest of this season?
1: We're going to have the movements daily of the Cincinnati Reds covered. We're going to talk about those games and how guys perform. And we're going to be locked on Reds every single day.